Now, I really feel, and I doubt you'll disagree, that we should be getting monthly updates. Our government should be telling us how the vaccine is doing and how the different brands are doing against each other, but they're not. Okay, we're getting no information from our government. We now, almost a year in, have absolutely no information from pharma, from the CDC, from the FDA about how J&J looks relative to Moderna and Pfizer. These are the questions we should be asking ourselves by now. We're too far in this to, to not be asking ourselves why we get no transparency and no honesty from these three-letter agencies that are clearly captured that are clearly not looking out for the best interests of the people because we're not getting any information like that. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw. Welcome back to the show. My podcast is called Vibe, but you might be watching this as a video on one of my other channels. Today, I want to talk about the breaking news that is an analysis of the VAERS report, which is the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System in the United States. Uh, Even though it looks like maybe 150,000 people who died within a few days of getting the V uh, have been removed from the roles, especially the Medicaid and Medicare roles, there still are 19,000 people, even after all the ones that they've removed, If you do a report on uh, the VAERS system, what all these practitioners who advise me tell me is that they're all over you and they try to find every reason they can to remove it. But even so, there's 19,000 dead. And there's at this point around 900,000 adverse events. But before I get into the 5% uh, of the hot lots, I'm going to call them hot lots because this is not a new issue for pharma. And they did everything in their power. They actually did a really good job of spreading the hot lots all over America. Um, There's only about 5% of the Pfizer and Moderna jabs that cause 100% of the death and the vast majority of the adverse events, literally 200 times more adverse events than the rest of them. I round my numbers. I don't get into lots of bar charts and and or pie charts and, and bar graphs and all that. Um, I'm sort of your shortcut to the library. I'm your synthesis, your analysis, your summary. That's kind of what I do on this show. So before I jump into talking about how 5% of the vaccine lots, okay, a lot might be like 6,000 doses, okay, give or take some some more, some less. And it was just looking at um, thousands of lots of Pfizer and Moderna. It does not include any analysis of AstraZeneca or J&J. But I do want to update you. I put out a really viral episode. It's only 17 minutes long. I'm going to put it down below in case you did not see it. And it basically talks about my prediction that they are driving or also observation that they're driving ivermectin off the market. You've seen that Aaron Rodgers, uh, football star, and Joe Rogan say they took ivermectin, got well really quickly. Um, those those two guys are being gaslit like they never have before in their careers. All that's doing is creating more demand for a drug that they're doing everything in their power to make it very difficult for you to get. They, they really seem to want you to not be able to get your hands on it in the first week when you get sick, which is the only time it's really going to be effective for you. So I have a really 
been insisting to my audience, which I've never before said that someone needs to take a pharmaceutical product. And I still don't, I don't want to be part of the hysteria and the panic. However, I know that so many people, you cannot talk them out of it. I um, had a chance to talk one-on-one with Dr. Peter McCullough, who, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest of the greatest American heroes alive today and involved in this whole thing on Saturday. And he, he was telling me about how he, there are patients of his, no matter how credible he is, he's the most published author in history on the heart and on the kidney. And he has patients who are going out and getting a third and a fourth jab. And these are all people who are really high risk categories. So, you know, if people feel like they need ivermectin and I don't blame you at all, and I got some, well, I want you to know that the price is now something like 2000% higher, like that's cowboy math, but it's, you know, Dr. Pierre Corey at an event I was at this weekend said that it's 0.06. So it's six cents per dose. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, people who are um, following me and sending me messages. Uh, thank you for your messages. You guys, I get at least a hundred a day. And so please forgive me if I don't answer, but often I will have read it, even if I'm not able to answer you and I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the content you guys send me, but it's not six cents a dose, not whatsoever. People following me are are telling me that once they get their hands on it, in many cases, they're, they're literally paying uh, $200 for maybe a 10 day course of, of ivermectin. So I wanted to let you know that um, I do have an updated list of the pharmacies that are filling ivermectin prescriptions. One of the four pharmacies I sent you to in the link down below where I give you the proof that your government actually did approve this, this ivermectin for use with COVID. Okay, now they're trying to to tell you you shouldn't use it. Now they're trying to call it a horse dewormer. Um, It has literally saved millions of lives of malaria. It has been used against viruses very successfully. And all the studies, I think there's over, over 80 clinical trials on it are just incredibly positive. You know, if I were to go on Facebook and tell you that quercetin plus zinc plus high dose, really quality vitamin C guys don't get ascorbic acid. I think it's garbage. Sorry to disagree with, um, Brian Artis, who says he takes like thousands of milligrams of it a day. I think ascorbic acid is garbage. I take a brand called Synergy. Um, that's literally all whole foods like Amla and Camu Camu and rose hips. So quercetin, vitamin D, uh, um, vitamin C in in higher doses if you get sick, and um, NAC, some N-acetylcysteine. They're also driving that off the market because it it works so well. They they use this in hospitals when people get, um, for instance, overdoses of something that threatens their liver because it detoxifies your liver so well. Modern medicine uses N-acetylcysteine. I think they just want to control it. So that's another good one to have. Um, seems like I'm missing something. If I talked about those on Facebook, I would literally get deplatformed. That's, that's how serious they are about driving all information out of where you can see it. And so, you know, I appreciate your support down below. I'm going to share that 17 minute video and we're going to update it so that if you give us your email address, we're going to send you the NIH proof that your government said, yes, ivermectin works against COVID and we'll, we'll give you updated pharmacy. So if you still haven't gotten some, I have told the stories over and over again. I'm not going to tell them at length again, but um, people close to me who knew to get ivermectin, or maybe I hadn't started really emphasizing that yet, but at least they knew to say no to remdesivir in the hospital. 
You guys, we just lost somebody in the freedom fight in Utah. He was 50 years old and he is a victim of the killing fields that they call hospitals. Because if you go to the hospital, unless you have a very assertive uh, person with medical power of attorney all set up, the minute you walk in the door, you're, you, you might be there 10 minutes before you have a vent. And once you're vented, I, I don't know about 10 minutes, but you know, you're going to start the drug protocol so that they can vent you. But what I'm more concerned about is the remdesivir, okay? Because most of these practitioners, these doctors in the ERs and the ICUs, they don't know. They had never used remdesivir before. They just believe that Fauci wouldn't lead them astray. And so they're putting people on remdesivir. You know what? Remdesivir literally shut down people's kidneys in five days. So unless you have a very assertive person with you in the hospital fighting for you the minute you walk in, people aren't used to thinking of these people in the white coat, you know, as anything besides looking out for their, their best interests. But that is how sophisticated this entire, this entire scam is, is that the, the professionals involved have been subverted as well. It's not that they're trying to kill you. It's that they don't know that remdesivir is what is causing the death. So, so many of these physicians and nurses who do believe that, you know, we all should just inject ourselves with whatever pharma tells us to, this thing is so deadly. It's because they haven't yet put two and two together that all the deaths that they're seeing in the hospital may not be COVID deaths. Okay, because we just really don't have a high COVID death in countries that don't use remdesivir. Um, and, and this history will bear this out. But like right now, there are some people, a very small number of people who are aware of this and are trying to speak up about it. There are plenty of doctors and scientists who are now awake to this and are trying to speak up about it. But watch the video down below where uh, we have it updated, which pharmacies will actually sell you some ivermectin. Some of them you don't even need a prescription for. Um, because I was sending people to four different pharmacies and one of them was my own pharmacist here in my little beach town in Florida. And he ran out of, he ran out of ivermectin. So let's talk about the, the hot lots. Uh, one of the most noteworthy things that have happened in the United States, uh, in the last week, besides a 17 to zero vote in favor of vaccinating five to 11 year olds. And that will ripple around the world because countries like Australia and so many others just follow whatever uh, the U.S. does. So Fauci isn't just controlling the United States. He has so much control over how medicine is, treat is, is rolled out all over the world, even though he's literally been a bureaucrat. He says he's a scientist. He says he's a doctor. He's practiced. He's done little or no science, and he's, and he's treated no, no patients. In the last 50 years, we literally have a bureaucrat at the top of this who's telling people to do things that are harming them. So um, besides the fact that now five to 11-year-olds will get these injections because of the trust, especially that first world people have in their governments, these three-letter agencies, and countless children will have cascading autoimmune disease and, and cancers, and we're going to see blood clotting disorders, we're going to see tons of of uh, you know, right, right before this vote, there was a um, an approval of a drug for childhood blood clotting, childhood and infants. So why is that? Why why would they do that? Um, so even these rashes that you see people busting out with, you may have heard me tell my story that I sat next to a neighbor down at the pool in June. And about half an hour into the conversation, she mentioned that she had just gotten the J&J &J jab. And I was like, oh, great. Anyways, that night I broke out in a rash from my neck to my ankles. I had that rash for three 
weeks. What that is apparently, as I've you know been able to talk to many doctors, like I said on Saturday, I had the great privilege of talking to Dr. Ryan Cole and to the incredible attorney Jeff Childers. And um, Dr. Robert Malone from the stage, when I asked a question, said he listens to my podcast, which I was super, super excited about. Um, Dr. Pierre Corey, all of these people's careers are under fire. All these people's uh, medical licenses are being threatened. They're having to fight with their hospitals where they have privileges. Um, they are some of the greatest American heroes alive. There's a Dr. Heather Dresser. I asked from, from the stage, um, a similar thing that I went to Bree, Bree, um, is it Brianne Dresser in Utah, the, the young mom, young, beautiful mom who, um, signed up for the AstraZeneca, uh, trial a year ago. And she has been extremely ill for a year. And she was just in that, uh, press conference that Dr. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson put on in Washington, DC in the last few days. Um, and I, I I went to her with the same thing. I got in touch with her this weekend. She's absolutely lovely. I asked her a similar thing, but I took the microphone and I asked these 12 doctors who were on the stage. I said, when you guys start talking, you virtually always have to catalog for us all of the vaccines that your children got. And you want to say to us, I am not anti-vax. And I just want you to know that that is a gaslighting term. That is a weaponized term of the people who have been actually silencing us, calling us crazy, telling us we're liars, sweeping us under the rugs, all those of us who have been injured or who lost a child for decades, this has been going on. And so I asked all of them, would you be willing to do more research and look a little bit deeper? Because I know that they teach us in medical school, safe and effective, safe and effective. But what if it's not true? What if there's three quarters of a million adverse events from the flu jab alone? I took Dr. Peter McCullough aside and I said to him, because I knew I had limited time with him. He was there to speak. Lots of people would like to meet with him, but I did get a chance to talk to him. And I thought, what's the one thing I wanted to say to him? The one thing I wanted to say to him is, sir, I spent four years in bed after a flu vaccine that I had to get for graduate school to do my dream internship on a psychiatric hospital. And would you consider that these vaccines are not the safe and effective that you th you think they are. You have been saying in the media, I just got my flu vaccine. And Dr. McCullough, we need you in this fight. And I, and I hope that you'll take a closer look at it because my injuries didn't come from the COVID vaccine. My son's injuries, I had him in and out of hospitals from the MMR, measles, mumps, and rubella. My and, and he was in and out of hospitals and emergency rooms and nearly died many times for a year until I did things that most people will not do to get him well. And I had to do many things that most people will not do so that I could get well and get out of bed. I haven't started talking until the last week about the fact that I spent four years in bed. But I talked to my daughter when she was here a couple of weeks ago, my, my second child who I also injured. But I stopped after two, after she had had two injections, I saw the same things happen to her that happened to my first son. And before I did two whole years of damage, like I did to him, with many, many shots, um, I stopped with her and stopped. And that was it after I read multiple books and dug into the hundreds of references at the end of the books written by doctors who have been trying to blow the whistle and trying to wake people up and trying to tell parents about what it is they're really injecting their children with. 
Um, and I talked to my daughter and said, do you remember that when you were a kid that I slept from three to six every afternoon? Uh, you guys always had a stack of library books and, you know, but you couldn't come out of the bonus room down at the end of the hall. And do you remember that about your childhood? She said, yeah, of course, of course I do. And this is really difficult for me to talk to her about, but I felt like it was important because I've never talked to my children about that because I have so much shame about it. I've never talked to you guys about it either, but that is a fact. I spent four years in bed. Did I occasionally get out of bed? Yes, I had little children to take care of, but I was a, I was a crappy mom. I did the absolute minimum because I could barely function. So I just want to tell you, that's what I asked 12 doctors is, would you be willing to consider that this rabbit hole is much deeper than maybe you've considered to this point? And we just appreciate you and see what you're doing and the ways you're putting your careers on the line. And, you know, I must have seen... 200 pie charts and graphs, uh, bar graphs in the course of a day with all of these doctors. Um, but I asked them, would you consider not continuing to use and pour gasoline on this idea of, of anti-vax because, um, that is how they marginalize us. And what if all of us have just been not anti-vax, but rather the vaccine injured. The vast majority of people speaking up, we are not anti-vax, we are vaccine injured. And so I got lots of cheers from the crowd and um, three doctors really wanted the microphone. The first one who took the microphone to tell me that he sees us and he hears us was Dr. Robert Malone, who spent 35 years developing vaccines and who is re regarded to be the inventor of mRNA technology. And I think he is waking up hard to all of this. Dr. Peter McCullough told me in my personal conversation with him, I think I've had my last flu jab. You're not the only one to tell me that. Bobby Kennedy says the same thing. And then a Dr. Heather Dresser, who I believe is not allowed to practice in an emergency room anymore since she stood up to this and was asking questions of this cult. Um, and then also Ryan Cole uh, took the microphone and all of them expressed, yeah, we're basically, yeah, we're learning that. We're learning more and we are starting to become aware of just how many people have been injured even before they'd ever heard the word COVID. So that, that rash I got sitting down by the pool next to my neighbor, that is a microclotting disorder of the skin. That's what I started to tell you is that by talking to a lot of these doctors, what I've been put together is uh, is not only could some rashes are eczema, right? And that is a common reaction to the MMR. Both of my children that I vaccinated with MMR got eczema and I got it too after the flu jab. So it's not just MMR, but I, I got that, the, those hives and it may be, according to these doctors, it's likely a microclotting disorder that is caused by the spike protein. And so feel free to share this episode with your friends. I do this content with a with a mind to to be talking to people who I hope I hope and I pray are just now maybe starting to open their minds, their hearts, their ears because maybe they got one of the shots, maybe they got both shots, but their choices aren't over and that's why I encourage you to share content like this with them because there's a third, there's a fourth they want us on a digital ID system. Australia's already on it. 
where this is just the beginning of what they can require us to do. You could be required to get a monthly injection of whatever it is that your government has decided or the pharmaceutical industry has decided that you need to keep you safe. I really don't think that all these folks, all these people we love, our family and our friends who are getting the injections, I don't think that they're okay with unlimited non-optional pharma injections. And if they are presented with that as a possibility, remember, they only have revealed this one step at a time. Remember when Biden said he would never do a mandate? Well, guess what? All the premiers and prime ministers all over the world said that too, and then they did it anyway. And it's not because COVID got so much deadly or COVID has gotten less deadly. So consider that the folks you know who've gotten rashes and sometimes literally just from the shedding, the shedding of the vaccine onto the unvaccinated like happened to me. And if you think that's some kind of mythology or conspiracy theory, it's on page 67 of the Pfizer trials, which have been available for all of 2021. Okay, I said this for the first time back in January. The Pfizer trials disclose the, the real risk of shedding that you literally can transmit the spike protein to other people via a number of different ways. So those I have lots of people writing me and telling me that their spouse went out and got the jab and didn't tell them. Usually it's a woman. Um, usually she's quite upset and she keeps her distance from her husband for at least three weeks after his last job. And I think that that is wise. Um, so the UK did this really great piece. Uh, it's not the UK, but it's called the expose in the UK. And they reviewed data on thousands of vaccine lots. And I, I would really encourage you to go look at it. I'll put it in the show notes, this link to the expose but it's got lots of charts and graphs and lots of numbers, lots of data. So I'm just going to give you kind of a summary. But again, um, a lot might be 6,000 doses. And what they found from looking at many, many thousands of these lots is that it's 5% of the lots when it comes to at least Pfizer and Moderna that are causing 100% of the reported deaths and literally about 200 times more adverse events than the other lots. Now, I really feel, and I doubt you'll disagree, that we should be getting monthly updates. Our government should be telling us how the vaccine is doing and how the different brands are doing against each other, but they're not. Okay, we're getting no information from our government. We now, almost a year in, have absolutely no information from pharma, from the CDC, from the FDA about how J&J looks relative to Moderna and Pfizer. These are the questions we should be asking ourselves by now. We're too far in this to, to not be asking ourselves why we get no transparency and no honesty from these three-letter agencies that are clearly captured, that are clearly not looking out for the best interests of the people because we're not getting any information like that. That, in addition to, of course, any alternative inf information is run right off of uh, social media and all of the mainstream media outlets are completely controlled. So plus all of the threats against us if we don't roll up our sleeve. So, uh, and all these J&J &J people, a lot of people here in Florida wonder if Mrs. Santis has cancer. She's, she's probably what, 40, maybe younger than that. She has 
cancer? Is it because of the J&J jab? We have many, many doctors telling us that they have never seen rapid onset, fast growing cancer like they have seen in 2021. They're seeing uh, an epidemic of sepsis, of pneumonia, uh, and of blood clotting. And we're hearing this from thousands of doctors. There's a coalition of 16,000 doctors. Wish I could remember what, what these 12 doctors who spoke at this event on Saturday here in Florida called it, something like informed consent physicians and scientists, something like that. There are 16,000 of them in this group. And those are just the ones who are courageous enough to actually join something like that, which puts them in the crosshairs. These doctors from the stage, several of them referred to being hunted. They say they're being hunted down and picked off. Dr. Teresa Long, who is a flight surgeon and a Lieutenant Colonel in the army, went to Senator Ron Johnson's roundtable press conference, which Woodcock and Walensky and Fauci were all invited to. And Bree Dressen told me that one of the injured people who was there to speak at that roundtable ran into Tony Fauci and met him in the building. He was in the building and declined to come in and hear from these 15 or 20 severely vaccine injured people and the single father of a 16-year-old boy who died and sat there in tears showing a picture of his son in a casket with him standing next to it and told his story about how he trusted his government and he did what he thought was right. And what he has to show for it is that his Christmas will be spent sitting by a graveside. So not only do 5% approximately of all of all the lots trace to all of the reported deaths, and there's 200 times more adverse events in those 5%. Um, And I'm gonna make some inferences, okay? That's just data, but I am gonna make some observations or some inferences, okay? Because I like to be clear whether I'm telling you like facts and data versus what I put together from my now a few thousand hours of research in the last almost two years. So I wanna point out that that doesn't mean, because some of you are gonna be like, well, how can I go get the jab and and find out that, that, you know, I'm getting one of the 95% of other ones. Well, you can't. I don't, I'm unaware of any way to do that. But I do want to point out that those 95% aren't necessarily all saline. Okay. Some of them are probably lower doses of mRNA. And we know that. We know that uh, some of these brands have a graduated scale, and some lots have higher levels of mRNA and some of the other ingredients that are known toxins. Um, and some of them have lower, okay? Some of these injections might be saline, but I highly doubt if if you subscribe to the theory that one of the goals here of this whole thing is to eliminate a whole lot of people in the world, if you believe that that's one of the objectives, you know, of course they're gonna wanna do it in a measured, somewhat controlled, slower rollout of that death, and the the, the brilliant thing, if you're trying to depopulate the world, as evil, power-hungry people have done since the dawn of time, I don't understand all the people talking about conspiracy theory as if the, the corruption that's been the standard, not the exception, in all of human history has suddenly disappeared and the U.S. would never, ever do something like that or the 2021 world would never 
would never do anything like that. But let's say you subscribe to the depopulation theory. Maybe you're aware of the Georgia Guidestones that lay out what they want the world to look like and the fact that they actually only want a half a billion people to be here. Let's just consider that this is a long play, right? The COVID vaccine is really just their Trojan horse. You don't really want a ton of people to just drop dead and die for no reason to the point where it's so out of control that all of your pro-vaccine people start turning against the shot. See, that's the fine line that they've got to walk if you if you believe that they're actually intentionally killing people. Um, and that's exactly what has happened to at least 19,000 people as of the time I record this, because even though the injured do not get any help from the drug companies, Bree Dressen told me that in the very beginning, that people at the NIH would respond to her, but now they have totally shut the doors to her. She has corresponded with Janet Woodcock, the acting director of the uh, FDA. She has been on the phone with Rand Paul. She has access to all these people. She tried to talk Rand Paul into, when he took his fourth run at Fauci in a Senate hearing, she tried to talk to him about talking about all the injured people, the injured and, and dead people, and he didn't. He just kept talking obliquely, even the fourth time, about this gain-of-function thing. It almost looked to me, and this is a side topic, but it almost looked to me like Rand Paul was just is just like throwing in the towel or something. I mean, I was hoping that this was the big pinnacle moment and and that a certain guy whose name starts with F left in shackles. Of course, that's a pipe dream, but it's a fact that 19,000 people, even with all their efforts, when you fill out a vaccine report, whether you're a physician or whether you're an injured person, they will call you and they will do anything they can to blame it on anything else they can. And there's still 19,000 dead as of the time that I record this, record this. And it's really getting close to a million adverse events reported. Bree Dressen uh, told us in the press conference with Senator Ron Johnson that Maddie, the 12-year-old girl, if you look up her record in the VAERS report, this is the 12-year-old girl whose mother is an engineer and enrolled this little girl in one of the trials a year ago. And this 12-year-old girl is now on a feeding tube and in a wheelchair and has been disabled for a year. It looks to be permanent. And what the VAERS report says about this little girl, uh, whose name is Maddie, is that she has a stomach ache. So those 19,000 deaths and those 900,000 adverse events are just the ones that are reported. And we know that, that from two different huge studies 10 years ago, that only about 1% actually ever get reported. My four years in bed, that was never reported by a doctor. My son being in and out of an emergency room, that was never reported to VAERS. I was too young, didn't know anything, didn't know there was a reporting mechanism, trusted the doctors, figured they would do their, their job. My, my neighbor, whose daughter died on day three after getting her four-month-old MMR shots, died in her sleep. Nobody reported that to VAERS. Nobody linked that to the vaccine. By then I was waking up and I linked it in my mind, at least to the vaccine she had gotten on Friday when she died on a Sunday. But these are just the reported deaths and adverse events that we're talking about. And those are just the short-term effects. 
the long-term effects will play out for years. So if you're brand new to questioning vaccines at all, and I share this as someone who has read extensively on the massive amount of information about deaths and disabilities from vaccines, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny has assembled over 13,000 studies that you'll never find in the medical journals because they've been booted from the medical journals and the authors and doctors uh, and scientists who, who do these studies are discredited. Um, but I just want to point out that a lot of those other shots that aren't in the 5%, they are also, and you can see this when you go to the expose, it's a really great website, do a lot of investigation. Um, I think it's the expose.uk. We'll put that down in the show notes too. You can read in more detail about the very specific numbers and data and, and inferences they make. But another inference that I want to make is that, and I think this is so important, is that those 5%-ish of the batches, the Moderna and the Pfizer batches, were lots. Um, it was a little bit over 2,400 different lots that I might call a hot lot. And you have to realize that pharma has gotten in trouble before for a hot lot or one of the super toxic batches going to one state, because then it's really hard to let it fly under the radar. So, so vaccine companies have done this before and have learned the hard way, and they are now very, very savvy. Every single one of these over 2,400 lots that I will call a hot lot um, that caused all the death and 200 times more injury, all of them were spread across many states. All of them were spread across 12 to 50 states. So at a minimum, that lot was sent in smaller batches, like 500 doses at, at the most, to at least 12 states. Now, you're of course wondering, well, what about all the thousands of others? What about the other 95%? All of them were sent to one or maybe two states. Okay, so those more benign lots, the ones where there were no deaths reported and few, if any, adverse events, those went often to just one place. Now, this is not data. If we were in court, they would call this circumstantial evidence at best, but it I think it's disturbing and I think it's a fair inference to make or at least a fair question to ask. So, and this also, I hope this information helps you understand why so many people assure themselves that getting the vaccine will be just fine because, hey, I know people in the 70s uh, and I know obese diabetics who got the shot and they did fine. Uh, there's a gentleman named William in my Telegram group today who said, you know what, my 90-year-old friend got the jab and the flu jab on the same day. And, and the next day she was gardening with me. Well, everything that I have said up to this point may help explain why this is entirely possible. While you have a young, healthy, fit mother who has been desperately ill for the last year. And then you have a 90-year-old who gets two jabs in one day and is fine. There's, there's multiple explanations, but the fact that 95% of these uh, jabs are actually quite low in toxicity, or at least much, much lower, is at least one really important explanation for that that we should consider. So, you know, it seems to me like you've got a game of Russian roulette here, and, and they're not hiding this from you. 
in all ways. Okay. First of all, you know, they haven't told us, I'll tell you some things they have and haven't told us. They have not disclosed all of the ingredients. There's not one of these uh, four companies that make the, the vaccines being distributed in America who have given us all of the ingredients. They are all holding things back under the label proprietary ingredients. Okay. All protected by law, because if you give up your proprietary ingredients and somebody can knock it off and go compete with you. And secondly, we should know this. This is important. We know we're in a clinical trial. Okay. There are many of them going on. You just go to clinicaltrials.gov. Unfortunately, there's not just one clinical trial there. There are a bunch of them related to this, but we don't even know if the booster is the same product or different. But we do know that if you are, you know, in the experimental group, see, I'm in the control group. If you're in the experimental group, you have to realize that you are in a clinical trial until at least early 2023. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they move that date and the clinical trial ends, they just keep kicking that can down the road. If it's going well for them, um, if they're still pulling this off at the beginning of 2023, I mean, look what they've done. They've they've changed the law so that they can extend expiration dates of the shots indefinitely. They can just they can just change the expiration date. They've already pushed it nine months out. We can't have Pfizer or Moderna losing profits now, can we? So I'm guessing they'll probably change the end date of the clinical trial as well. Remember how they told us in the beginning that the shots were 95% effective, and then they told us, well, now it's in the 80s and now it's in the 70s and now it's in the 60s and now it's in the 50s and now it's in the 40s. You guys, these are all headlines, like many, many headlines. It dropped by in the 10%, 10%, 10%. Now they are telling us, because they like to just sort of ease you into it, right? Like the, um, is it the lobster or the frog that you just turn the water up a little bit? That's how you cook a frog, right? You don't throw the frog in the boiling water, it's going to jump right out. You throw the frog in cold water and then you turn it up a degree at a time. You're the frog in this scenario. And now they're telling us that three months after the vaccine, three to four months after the vaccine, there appears to be no immunity. So what's the answer? More vaccines, of course. It appears, again, this is an inference. It appears to me that the intent here is to wipe out natural immunity. Okay, that would be like you are got a couple different classes of white blood cells. You have T cells. These are not specific to any particular virus, but they are your general natural immunity. And we have lots and lots of doctors and scientists uh, doing tests on people post-vaccination and telling us how wiped out their natural immunity is. So it appears to me that they are wiping out our natural immunity. I cannot prove this, but one uh, natural or holistic doctor said, that it appears to her that they wipe out a lot of the white blood cells and T cells with the first shot. They wipe out uh, down to about 25% of what is normal or healthy um, with the second shot. So the first two shots are really to devastate the immune system. And then the boosters are the boosters are injecting us with all kinds of different um, bacteria or viruses that may make us ill over time. And not, it doesn't necessarily happen instantly that you get sick. I mean, that's the, uh, that's sort of the evil genius here from, from my perspective. 
So I just want to point out the obvious that when you know to send out a lot to 12 states or more, to me, it's really obvious that they were intentionally spreading them out. They knew to spread them out. They knew which lots to spread out so that one city didn't see a thousand vaccine deaths and it just becomes hysteria in that city. And, you know, you can only keep it out of the media to, to a certain point, right? Um, that would really call attention to how toxic the jab is. And you know what? The most uh, toxic lot, actually the uh, California Department of Health did recall it in California. But guess what? For those of you who think that there's just a few really smart dudes at the top of this or whatever, you think somebody really smart is controlling all of this, it'll all turn out fine, okay? Just so you know, that same lot was in a bunch of other states and nobody else recalled it. So it's probably just related to some very conscientious person who bulldogged that until California pulled some of those some of those doses. So I hope if nothing else, if you're listening to this and you're just starting to question whether you can really trust government officials who are telling us to give up everything that we hold sacred about life in America so they can take over and they can keep us safe um, I hope that if you're starting to wake up to the realities that your conspiracy theorist friends and family have been telling you about, that you will at least ask yourself, why did they send over 2,400 hot lots that are connected to all the death all over America to dilute them, whereas most of the lots that cause little to no death or disability or injury, many of them went to just one place, one state or even in some cases one county. So I think it's important that we ask these questions. And a lot of times I'll see, you know, a lot of telegram channels are we're trying to be citizen journalists and figure it out. And I just really don't feel to yell at everybody every time someone posts something and we don't know if it's true or not. The reason we're having to do that, the reason we're all trying to explore what in the hell is going on here is that you aren't going to see Sanjay Gupta ask these questions. Okay, he went on the Joe Rogan show and Rogan asked him why he and his network lie. And Sanjay's answer was probably just because he was on Rogan's turf and he had to say something, right? It's not like they could just edit it out because they're on Sanjay Gupta's turf. His answer was, I don't know. Well, maybe you don't know, but perhaps you should care. Maybe we should be asking that question. You're not going to hear. Rachel Maddow asked why 5% of the lots killed all of the thousands of reported dead among the swath of the lots that were that were analyzed and 200 times higher adverse events than the other 95% of the lots. And, you, and you're not going to hear Anderson Cooper ask why Moderna and Pfizer knew to spread bits of these lots over many states. Okay, whereas they didn't do that with the other 95%. This was a really large study. This was a really large analysis. It didn't cover all of the lots of the vaccines or even all of the brands. Um, but what's clear is that there, there were over 2,400 very toxic lots of vaccines. And um, it looks to me like the lots are between 5,000 and 10,000 doses. Can you imagine the optics of that entire lot going to Orange County, for instance? 
So again, this is circumstantial evidence at best, but I think if you're listening and uh, you don't know me and you haven't followed me for years and you're like, who is this conspiracy theory lady? Listen, I'm a psychologist. I'm the mother of four grown children. I had never been called a conspiracy theorist in my life, except when I would question the vaccine industry. And I started investing what the hell was going on when in one year, 1994 to be exact, I was injured, like I said, and my four-month-old son that same year was injured by a vaccine. And it was by two different vaccines. He, he was injured by MMR and I was injured by the flu vaccine. And every year they, they just guess at what the flu is going to show up as next year because there's all kinds of strains, just like we're seeing with COVID and everybody's on the edge of their seat. Like, what is TV man going to tell us the new strain is? Why didn't we do this with the flu? Well, because we have learn to not think for ourselves and just believe anything that's on TV. So if all you learn here on my channel is just how to develop critical thinking skills, you know, in my generation, we just got the measles and the mumps. And I don't even know anybody who's ever had rubella, but it was no big deal for like 99.9% .9 of us who got the measles and the mumps. Um, but when, when I was severely injured and when my son was severely injured, I started studying and researching and down the rabbit hole I went. And it was because of that research that I had already done that it became very quickly obvious to me what was going on starting in February of 2020. I long ago, because of my terrible experience with pharma and with doing what I was told, um, that's how I got to the point of being a person who doesn't just believe everything I'm told. I do, I question and I research for myself. Because, you know, for instance, last week, my cat's veterinarian, you know, I'd never been to her before. She's the furthest thing from holistic ever. But my cat's veterinarian told me that I needed to put my cat on Prozac. And I was like, wow, they do the same thing with animals that they do with humans, which is if we don't know what's wrong with you, let's just put you on a psychotropic. Then you'll at least numb out and be on your happy drugs and you won't. And this is no criticism of people who take psychotropic drugs, right? Um, but I'm not going to put my cat on Prozac. I will probably get a second opinion and I am already doing research myself. Um, because you know what? I used to wear a white coat myself and I got as much schooling as a lot of these scientists and doctors inside these industries do. And because I have been inside these industries, I happen to know that these are just people who put their pants on one leg at a time, like the rest of us, and really should not numb out and just assume that the smart people have got this. Okay. Because if you are a doctor or a scientist, um, or someone in the helping professions like me and mental health, being a psychologist, if you wake up to the massive fraudulent activities going on inside your profession, okay. And there's probably way more than you're even aware of, then you get really clear, really quickly that if you start speaking up about it, you're going to be left without your medical license um, and your fat six to seven figure income and that white coat that gives you so much status and prestige. So you might in entirely dismiss my inferences, such as the fact that Pfizer and Moderna knew to send 2,400 lots all over the United States instead of to just one state so that the big numbers of deaths and injuries would be spread out and less discernible. 
Okay. But that hot lots is data. It's not my inferences. And I've made some inferences here and I'm telling you when I'm doing it versus what is just straight up data or evidence. But again, pharma has gotten busted before with hot lots of vaccines. So if pharma knows what it's doing and you guys want to tell me trust science, then please answer for me. Why are the lots of vaccines even within one brand so radically different? Okay, you cannot tell me that with only 5% of those vaccine lots causing quick death, okay, forget about the cancer and autoimmune disease we're going to have to live with later, and we know we will because every single vaccine insert and every single vaccine on the market that you may think is safe and effective, every single one of them has a long, long list of the known adverse events that include dozens of cancers and autoimmune diseases. Okay, you cannot tell me that with 5% of these lots causing massive quick death and permanent disability and injury that all these lots are the same. So if they're different, then why? And if you don't know why, then why are you gaslighting your friends who are asking why as if that makes you smarter? And why are you still injecting yourself with this stuff? Those of you who are getting a third and a fourth, I think the people who are getting the third and the fourth are the people who are already quite ill. And so they've just been, they've just, their, their, mind, their brains have been hijacked and they are living in fear mode. And we know in human psychology, we know that when you are in fear mode, where you might normally see 180 degrees, your brain, when it's in fear, shrinks and you basically see this far apart. Okay, those of you who are listening and not watching, you only can see 15 degrees instead of 180 degrees. So these folks, mostly I think, who are out there, you know, there's people in America starting to get a fourth injection now. I mean, inside of one year. Okay, I think these are probably the people who were already ill and they just bought into the story of this is going to kill you. Okay, so the only way we have of avoiding a dystopia where the flu shot won't even be optional anymore. Okay, that flu shot that cost me four years of my life that, that you know, gave my children a mother who they remember to be asleep from 3 to 6 p.m. every single day and could barely get out of bed the rest of the time. You know, I was, I was also sleeping eight or 10 hours at night. The only way we have of retaining our right to choose what goes into our body from here on out is mass noncompliance. It's really not going to work for me to do this content all the time. Everybody go, yay. And then as soon as, yay, thanks for speaking up, Robin. I can't, I can't even count how many influencers said to me, thank you so much for speaking up. I can't, you know, because I have an, a, a personality brand. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm not taking any risks here either. Am I? It is for the only hope we have is for more of us to say no and to refuse. Supposedly this week, I'm recording this on day one of what's supposed to be a four-day walk-off. Of course, the mainstream media isn't going to talk about it, but I hope it happens. I hope we have massive disruption of everything from travel to the supply chains. I mean, it's illegal. Did you know that it's illegal for airline workers to strike? But you know what? When we were a prouder nation and when we were a nation that wasn't completely hijacked, by fear over something we really don't need to be fearful of. We should, be, we should be afraid of something else. We should be afraid of our corrupt government. We should be afraid of tyrannical, multi-trillion dollar uh, pharmaceutical oligopolies. That's what we should be afraid of. And instead, we hand them all of our freedom 
permanently. Nobody, the government never gives you your freedom back. Okay, so our only hope is mass noncompliance. And today is the first day of supposedly a four-day strike. And if it doesn't happen, the astonishing thing to me is that when I was a kid, people would go on strike for higher wages. We're going to go on huge strikes, nationwide strikes of whatever, the trucking industry or the, you know, you name it for higher wages, but we're just going to lay down for giving up our autonomy to say what happens to our own bodies and what medical products are injected into our children. So what everybody does is they come to me and they're like, how do I get a religious exemption or whatever? Okay, fine. You know, get your religious exemption. But state of Utah right now is introducing legislation. Uh, It's coming out this afternoon. Uh, By the time you hear this, it will have already been introduced. I seriously doubt it'll it'll fly, but I hope it does. And I'm going to do all in my power to help but it makes exemptions unnecessary. Exemptions shouldn't be necessary uh, because mandates are illegal. Mandates are clearly illegal and unconstitutional, but all they needed was for us to believe that they are. They know full well that Biden's mandate of all these companies with 100 employees or more, all they needed was for us to believe it and or for the legal system to be subverted. And they may get their way with both of those. It's really up to you and it's up to me, but we have to do our part at a minimum. Don't just get the the exemption, but send a notice of liability to your boss. Okay. I'll put down below a link and it's, it. we built this for healthcare workers, but you can get it and we'll send you the notice of liability. It was written by attorneys. I worked on it too, but it's written by attorneys. So you can send to your boss a notice of liability asking, it asks like 13 questions. You know, for instance, what are the ingredients of this product that you are demanding that I inject into my body? See, that's just one example of the 13 questions, but they can't answer that question. And then at the end, you request that they sign their um, legal liability, their responsibility for any injury to you. And of course, no employer in America is going to sign that. And so are are you writing them to say, I refuse to get the jab? No, that's a bad idea. In fact, at this event that I was at on Saturday, just a couple of days ago here in Ocala, Florida, uh, the attorney Jeff Childers was talking from the stage, how many clients he's helped with these vaccine issues over the years. And he says, "I, I know you guys get triggered at this get really triggered. But I always tell people like when you're in a legal case and you find yourself in a legal case, and he talked about one with a Jewish mother in New York who they just grilled her and they, he, he read the whole case and we were just aghast. Everyone there, 800 people in attendance were just astonished at the legal arguments they made that she should not have the right to say no to these uh, injections. But he said from the stage Always put in your statement, I know that vaccines are safe and effective. You guys, if, if, if you don't know what a cult is, you need to go learn what a cult is because I feel like we have a mass psychosis and that really smart people I know are being completely subverted to a cult. This is cult behavior that I have to state my loyalty and allegiance to the cult. It's a different kind of cult than has ever 
been used to take complete control over what was once a proud people. But this behavior is the same that has been used all over the world throughout history to consolidate power and make the rich richer and take complete and total control over huge numbers of people. It's always a fear campaign. Throughout history, it is always a fear campaign. So look down below if you want a notice of liability to send your um, your boss. It doesn't refuse to get the jab. I couldn't make myself put in it. I know that vaccines are safe and effective, but it asks 13 questions and it asks your boss to sign that they will take responsibility for any consequences to you since they're the one who is forcing this injection. So if you're too conflict avoidant for that, okay, if you just want to go to the CVS and roll up your sleeve and put your head down and not make waves and be a good obedient citizen and let pharma dictate what your life looks like from here on out, do not say that I did not warn you that there will come a time when there's a shot every month or it'll be a shot of whatever. It won't always be COVID. It'll be whatever they're trying to terrify us with at the time. It might be the same flu vaccine they have to get this year. I I know a doctor who takes her kids um, and her reasoning is that we all have autoimmune diseases. Uh, it's a cause and effect problem going on here. I know a doctor who goes out and gets the flu jab two and three times during the winter just to be extra safe. You know, and I, I don't know how to wake people like this up to point out that probably she has the autoimmune disease in the first place because of vaccines. But anyway, I don't say I didn't warn you that this will become a complete loss of freedom where none of those shots are, are optional. They're all entirely mandatory and that they will make vaccines a license for living. So I just did an episode. I hope that you watch it. Um, about what's going on in Australia. Okay. And you should listen to that because it's not just about Australia. It's about all of us. They are the beta test, but the leaders all over the world have been in total lockstep about this. They're saying the exact same words with their build back better and their new world order. Listen, um, Biden has said new world order. Both Bushes said new world order. Barack, Barack Obama said new world order. Okay. Um, and the reason they're all in lockstep is not because they're also united on how terrifying the flu is that 99.98% worldwide survived, something like 99.74% here in America. And that's even with the fact that they're killing so many people with remdesivir, which is a terrible treatment for COVID. So Australia is really important for us to look at because they are the first first world country to be taken down into a total surveillance state and a total police state. They are now on the digital ID system. So sadly and fittingly, as terrible as I feel for my Australian brothers and sisters, um, if you don't know that, you eventually will when you hear my episode called, I think it's Australians are in slavery. Uh, and sorry for the clickbaity sounding title, but I really think it's important that we take a look. I think the subtitle is how to avoid the same fate where you live. And the reason I do this work isn't that I'm some lifelong black sheep who loves to run against the grain. For heaven's sake, the first time I was student body president was in sixth grade. I was always a girl who followed the rules and colored inside the lines and, and was the teacher's favorite because I did what I was told. And I really wanted to see an A at the top of my, my paper. So how did I get here today it is because the number one group actually side note of the vaccine resistant, you know who they are is PhDs. 
Okay. The number one group of people refusing to get the shot is the PhDs. Okay. The people like me who for varying reasons have learned it's critically important to question authority and not defer to someone just because they went to graduate school or wear a white coat. Okay. We can't, we cannot hand our responsibility over to somebody because they went to graduate school. Okay. Probably where I got my critical thinking skills were not just uh, getting advanced degrees. It was being seriously injured by a vaccine and losing my health for years. And I had to do things that a lot of you will not do to get my health back. You know, that's how I spent over two decades studying human detoxification because I had been studying it for years, but I was having babies and breastfeeding and and I was doing what I could, but I couldn't do a real detox. And then I did, and it changed my life. And so, and I'll tell you more about it, show notes down below. You can check out my free video masterclass about human detoxification. I've literally been studying that subject for a quarter of a century because putting these concepts into play is how I got my health back after spending four years in bed. But also I was a psychologist as a social worker and then a psychologist inside government institutions and working in prisons and schools and hospitals and halfway houses and you name it. I probably spent some time in one in either an internship and working there, but I'm here to tell you that government institutions are the least honest, least conscientious, least efficient, least competent and effective operations in America and in the world. And that's why I don't wear the white coat anymore. And I really feel for these doctors, the 12 that were on the stage in Ocala, Florida, on Saturday, they are deer in headlights. They're like, why am I just investigating remdesivir and I'm being attacked? Why am I being attacked and lost the right to practice in an ER because I prescribed ivermectin, which is one of the most common drugs in the world for 65 years? You know, I mean, what people are losing their licenses. Paul Thomas, who's been on this show, a pediatrician, but thousands of kids in his practice much, much, much healthier than other practices because he literally went around talking mothers out of vaccines for diseases that fewer than five kids a year die from in America, that the risk is low. And even if they did get it, highly, highly unlikely that they would die of it. And, and so that's why I'm able to speak up is that I don't have, I already gave up my license because I learned working inside places like schools and prisons and hospitals that I couldn't make a difference there. I couldn't speak up and I couldn't really make any change. And that's why I own my own thing because I'd rather clean houses than be a psychologist inside their institutions. And many of you have deferred the right to your own body to these people. Okay. I do this content because I care about you and I care about your children and mine and your grandchildren. And we are standing on a precipice right now. Actually, we're falling over the precipice. We are handing our futures over to a horrible dystopia. And if we don't stand up to this right now, what is happening in Australia happens to us too. So subscribe to my channel so you can also watch my episode on Australia. I think I'll put that down in the show notes as well. And if you have taken the jabs and you want to detoxify, I would love to go out there on Facebook and tell you that we can help you. I know how to detoxify the human body after a vaccine because I've done it and I've gotten well. I did a 450 city lecture tour in six years. Do you think that I did that by just eating the standard American diet? I would still be in bed. I would still be in bed. So 
There's a link for you in the show notes uh, to the Australia uh, episode as well. And also the, the four video masterclass where I summarize what I've learned from 25 years of deep research on human detoxification. I think I have spent more time studying human detoxification and these related health and wellness topics than I have getting to advanced degrees. Okay, so now you know. Now you know why I studied it for so long. Okay, I haven't talked a lot about the details. This past week is the first time that I've said that my children had a mother who laid in bed for four years. Now you know how I got so sick. Now you know why I will fight till my very last day against the loss of our right to call the shots with our own bodies and our children's. Now you know why I stand up for you and why I spend every day trying to bring you to light and knowledge on these issues. God bless you all, and I will see you next time.